You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. The title of this message is Stay Salty. Staying Salty. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, listen, and these witnesses are those who lived according to the truth in the midst of trouble, in the midst of oppression, religious and governmental oppression. That's the cloud of witnesses uh, that are, we are surrounded by, that are rooting us on saying, hey, we did it, you can do it. That's what these witnesses are. And it says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now look what it says in verse 3. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Now, verse 3, it says, for consider, that word consider there is the same word as ruminant. And if you ever watched a cow or a bull laying under a shade tree, you'll see them sitting there chewing. That's because they are a ruminant animal. And what they do is they'll chew something, swallow it, and then after a, some time, when they are just chilling out, they're going <laughs> to... And chew, and chew, and and they get this look. It's just so peaceful to just sit there and what they just. It's like man, they're just chilling out and they're just chewing this cud. It's almost like a little baby with his blanket sucking his thumb. That's what this is saying. Work this, consider, think about this. Chew on this. Get all the nutrition out of this that you can get. Jesus hung on the cross for you. He died for us. It says, consider him. In other words, fix your eyes on him, the author and perfecter of your faith, and consider that he despised all the shame, all the mocking, all the spitting on, all the misunderstanding, all the lies about him, all the corruption. Come, is anybody in here? Consider this. Chew on this. And then he made it personal. He said, he did this for you. So that his plan for you can come to pass. Good things. Come on. So that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Here's some things. In a culture of complete absurdity, we have to be very mindful that the absurd Jesus still loves. Yes. I, and trust me, I'm preaching to me. in a world of absurdities where we have a state trying to pass 
that the schools don't have to let the kid know that they're struggling with what gender they are. Come on. And, and let me just kind of throw this out there to you. If it weren't for our Constitution that was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God in men, listen, these men weren't perfect, but God used them. And our Constitution has lasted over 240 years because it was inspired by God. Without that document, those parents would not have a right to stand up against a government board, come on, and fight for their children to raise them how they'd want to. So you can see the very evil intent straight out of hell that's trying to rip our Constitution apart. And staying salty in this kind of environment is going to require that we fix our eyes on Jesus and we consider everything he went through, through the hostility, and still be able to speak truth. Proud Grandpa moment. A proud parenting moment for my daughter and her husband. Pacey Joe, who's five, goes everywhere with Joel. Goes to the shoe and horse, Joel shoes horses and does, uh, floats teeth and just does anything to a horse you can even imagine. And he's got this client where the woman is usually there all the time, loves Pacey Joe. Well, she wasn't there, but her husband came. Well, she had been telling her husband all about Pacey Joe. I'm so proud. I've been beaming. Hang on, Luke. Her husband comes up and goes, Oh, you're that little girl I've been hearing about. Pacey Joe looked him right in the eye and said, I ain't a girl, I got a wiener. <laughs> Baby, I'm so proud of your parenting skills. Ladies and gentlemen, if a five-year-old knows exactly what he is, are y'all with me in here? It is that absurd that we live in. And it is going to be very, very hard for some to handle truth that simple. Because I know the hair on some of you's neck stood up already. But we can't grow weary and lose heart. We got to keep parenting in truth. We got to keep training up our child in truth. We got to keep living the truth. We got to keep trusting God. And we got to keep loving. Come on, are y'all with me? Because too many folks are in a shouting match with this ridiculous mindset of the progressive woke left who are deceived and blinded to the truth. You don't have to get in a shouting match. Listen, when Jesus simply stated, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and there is no other way to the Father but through me. No other way. There's no other way to achieve life except by going His way through the truth. No other way. Just isn't going to happen. So what we speak, what we speak 
is this Word of God, and this is the absolute truth. And if we don't start getting a biblical worldview, they're going to change this whole culture. This nation's going to change. We can't speak our feelings and our emotions and disgust. We can't speak that because it gets real easy to be disgusted at what's going on. And again, I'm preaching to me. And we can't speak our feelings, our emotions, and out of disgust because of the politics, because of the deception that they all walk in. See, and what is, and here's what's getting frustrating for me is that there's Christian people who believe because they don't read this word that believe God is tolerant and is just going to accept their lifestyles, whatever they choose. Because He's a God of love. He is a God of love, but He's also just. And He loves us enough to choose right or wrong. Listen, don't get this confused. Jesus accepts us right where we are. But then transformation begins to take place as we begin to become new creatures in Christ, being conformed to His image and likeness. Come on. We don't come in and stay the same. And we have to always remember that there is a transformation that has to take place. Romans 12, 2, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the lies that take place out here, come on, His way. See, we have to remember that. And listen, in that transformation process is different in every person. So we got to allow people some grace to come into the body and change as God's changing them, not we change them. Your job is not to change people. Your job is just to speak truth in their life and stay salty. Come on. It's not my job to go through here and tell all y'all what you can and can't do. And people want me to tell you that. Well, you know so-and-so, they're just living together. <laughs> hey, the Holy Spirit will tell them. If I go tell them, they're going to get mad and leave. I want them to stay here so they learn what the Word says. So that they'll start believing. Look at Amanda back there on the camera. How long you been coming to this church, Amanda? Long time. Can't even remember. Her and Wade living together. What, Amanda, did I come and tell you? You old sorry sinner, you better marry that boy. I didn't say one thing. You know what? Wade cried for an entire year. Comes to church. Repents and says, hey, we got to get married. Will you marry us? Sure will. Been here serving ever since. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? I, if, I don't have to tell you, but if the Holy Spirit tells you, you get it. And then you change and transform because all we did is up here preaching the Word. Come on. Because if I tell you, you're just going to change things on the outside. But when the Holy Spirit does it, it's on the inside. And then it stays. It takes root. Are y'all with me? Staying salty or staying salty. See, we've entered a time 
like in the book of Judges where it, it says every man did what was right in his own eye. See, and I'm, I'm hearing this more and more now out here. Seeking your own truth. Living your truth. Living out. Come on, have y'all heard that? You better find out what... It, it's like that deal on Seinfeld. This guy, oh, Elaine. I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld. Wendy showed me a clip the other day, and it cracked me up. She said it doesn't... She's asking her boyfriend, it doesn't bother you that I'm not religious? He goes, no, I'm not the one going to hell. <laughs> Cracked me up. I'm like, there you go, right there. I mean, he was just as calm and cool. He said, doesn't bother me. I ain't the one going to hell. <laughs> See, we've, we've got all this stuff that's just some utter foolishness. We have to set our eyes on following Him because He's the author and perfecter of our faith. It says the righteous will live by faith, not by setting our eyes on our own truth. Come on. See, and He'll give us the utterance of things to say and to do. In Luke chapter 21, verse 14 Jesus is telling them of some things that are coming. And he says, make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. And what he's, he's not saying don't study, don't... No, he's saying don't worry about things that are coming. That's what he's saying. Don't worry about all that. He says, don't, don't worry beforehand about defending yourselves. For I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. In other words, what he's saying is, I'm going to give you utterance. I'm going to give you, that word utterance there means a mouth. I'm going to give you a mouth that is going to be able to speak wisdom. Notice he says wisdom, a mouth to speak wisdom. And then he says, and it's going to make them stammer and stutter. There will be, they can't resist. There'll be no, uh, uh, there'll be no uh, opposing or denying. That's what the word means. They'll not be able to oppose it and they'll not be able to deny what's coming out of your mouth. It'll be like a weapon. Come on. We need to quit. <sighs> Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Turn there. Let me just show you something. For all the charismatics in here, just Pentecostals, just reach down and hold your seat just for a minute. You're gonna, you might need to just hold on just a second. <laughs> Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there was Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. Listen, there was a sound of a rushing wind. Something happened. I mean, it shook the whole house. And then these tongues of fire came down and went all over the guys that were and women that were in this room. It's the day of Pentecost. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were bewildered because they were each one hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and marveled, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? 
And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians, Mendians, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Capper something, Pontus, Asia, lots of Egypt, district. There's a lot of other places. I can't even say it. And look what it says. We hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? Now this word utterance here, here's what it means. It means to enunciate plainly, declare. It means to speak forth. It means the ability to speak out. This utterance, and listen, I'm sorry, but we can't make this about Shundai, Skinamani, and Hyundai. That's not what they're saying here. This is a whole different... All these people are hearing all these different countries are hearing their own language plainly declaring about the mighty deeds of God. He was giving them utterance to speak plainly. Now just hang with me here a minute. God, through the Holy Spirit, used their mouth to confound the religious and the governmental system of the day. And he also used their mouth to declare the mighty deeds of God. Now look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Now there is tongues, a, a prayer language that is like Morse code. That the devil has no idea what you're talking about. But the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is working, come on, through your prayer language to get the will of God and your will collided. Does that make sense? I'm not saying we're not speaking in tongues. We are going to speak in tongues because I want to know what the will of heaven is for my life and for uh, all of y'all around here. That's what this is saying. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf. Look what Paul says. Pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. In other words, I need to have something to say to be able to change lives. I don't need to just be speaking something. I need to say something that heaven is going to come down and change and set somebody free. We need to start doing that as a church. I know this is going to get some blowback. We have got to quit just running around telling everybody you got to get saved. Yeah, but that's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> We've got to get smarter about this. Because we're running around telling everybody, repent you sinner, you got to be saved. And they're going from what? They don't even know what to get saved from. 
We need to have utterance to lead people to show them the truth so that they'll believe so that faith can begin to rise up that says, I'll be healed if I can just get into his presence. My eyes can be open if I can just get into his presence. My situation can change if I just get into his presence. If our eyes are fixed on him and we are following him in his way, walking through the truth, and we're living life now, people are looking at us going, I want that what they got. I see what Jesus did in their life. And faith begins to rise up in them that brings reconciliation back to God so that the plan of God can be fulfilled in their life. You see the difference? If you're standing on a street corner and you're just hollering, repent you sinner, all you are is a spectacle. Come on. That's all you are. If I'm going to be mocked and persecuted for Christ, it's because I'm walking in truth and love. Not because I'm an idiot. There's a difference. Come on, y'all know them. Are y'all with me? See, we pray in our prayer language to stir the gift in us. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us about the gifts. Every person in here, I don't care where you're at, if you just came for the first time and never, you got a gift on the inside of you. And we pray and we stir that gift up on the inside of us and the gift isn't for you. Hear me. This gift becomes an offering, a sacrifice to advance the kingdom of God in other people's lives. Are y'all with me? See, we stir that gift up in us, and when we open our mouth, we say what Jesus once said. We say it with confidence, and we say it with the Holy Spirit and anointing. Because it is the anointing that breaks the yoke and removes the burden off of people's lives. Come on, are y'all with me? This is Christianity. Coming to church on Sunday and just sitting there listening to me, that's not Christianity. Christianity is when you learn and then you leave here and you do this. And you apply it in your life and say, hey, I can't live with this guy anymore. I got to marry him. Come on. I got to do what's right. Mm, help me, Lord. First Timothy 4, 14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. Come on, when's the last time you read that and it stirred you to think, God, I don't want to neglect what's on the inside of me. Show me what it is. Come on, when's the last time somebody shoved you up to the door of heaven and said, here, beat on this until you get an answer? When's the last time a preacher drug you up there and said, here, sit right here until he shows up. I'll be back. Come on. Because that's what this guy's job should be is to drag you there and say, now sit here till he gets here. Don't neglect what God's put on the inside of you. I don't know. You're going to have to find that out. Come on. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed upon you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Plain, understandable declaration from heaven. 
Now, once you've been in the presence of God, we come along and we lay hands on you. We pray and clearly here's, come on. Listen, there is an order to heaven. There's an order to heaven. It ain't just everybody running around doing whatever. There's an order. See, we need to pray for utterance, something to say, something that confounds the wise, something that breaks the yokes, it removes the burdens. We need to start praying for that. Something that causes them to be amazed. Something that causes them to be perplexed. It causes a thirst. Come on, I can tell you, I've listened to ministers and it just causes me to get hungry and thirsty to go dig and chew and sit under that tree And ponder on what, man, golly, that just, that's like Mark, Mark will mess me up for a week. And I, I'm going to chew on that. I'm going to, come on. Next time you pass through pasture, you see a cow ruminating. We need to start ruminating on some of this. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. See, Paul here was dealing with some very religious people in Colossians. He was dealing with a lot of heresy uh, combined with philosophical speculation, uh, a lot of astral powers of the stars, reverence to angelic uh, intermediates, food taboos, strict self-denials as a measure of spiritual discipline. Come on, we got all that. We got monks, we got... Vows of poverty, vows of celibacy, wear your hair in a bun, wear, don't shave your legs, shave your arm, no makeup. We, come, that's all a self, a measure of trying to discipline. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Paul was dealing with all this, but here's the deal. He doesn't confront them point by point. What he does is, through Colossians, he presents the truth so that it'll set them free. He's not out there screaming with his protest sign, right? He presents the truth. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. See, truth with grace and love is the key to staying salty. You're the salt of the earth. And grace and love is a key and fixing our eyes on Jesus is a key to staying salty. And I'm telling you, the more I got to looking at all this, I'm like, man, it's our offering to Jesus to stay salty. To stay salty, it is part of our worship, part of an part of our offering when we're sacrificing our own attitude, our own emotions, our own feelings towards the ignorance that is going on out there. It's a sacrifice to love. Come on. 
those who are so absurd, it's hard to not jump on that bandwagon. And I thought, man, what an offering to God. And then I got to like, wow, season your words with salt. You are the salt of the earth. Look in Numbers chapter 18. It says, all the offerings of the holy gifts. Come on, man. Let, let me just get you to ruminating here for a moment. We all have gifts, right? Every person has gifts. Season them with salt. Look. All the offerings of the holy gifts which the sons of Israel offer to the Lord... I have given to you and your sons and your daughters with you as a perpetual allotment. In other words, it's never ending. It is an everlasting covenant of salt. Does that make you want to go sit under a tree and chew the cud a little bit? An everlasting covenant of salt. Listen, he, we got to realize God didn't just put things in this Bible just to fill up space. I love this. Look in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 11. Probably help if I turn there. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. For you shall not offer up in smoke any leaven or any honey as an offering by fire to the Lord. As an offering of first fruits, you shall bring them to the Lord. But they shall not ascend for a soothing aroma on the altar. Every grain offering of yours, moreover, you shall season with salt so that the salt of the covenant of your God shall not be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. Mm. What is grain? Grain is a seed, right? Grain is a seed that has been refined. It has been milled. It's been through a process. Oh, come on now. Our words are considered what? Seeds. Come on, we need to start going through this process. And here's the thing about salt. Salt was a necessary accompaniment of these various altar offerings, bloody or unbloody. The salt of the covenant of God, it signifies the imperishableness of Jehovah's love for his people. It's an antiseptic. Salt implies durability, fidelity, purity. See, it's the opposite of leaven because leaven symbolizes corruption. Covenants were cemented by feast of hospitality of which were seasoned as all foods with salt. A covenant of salt for every, forever before the Lord is an indis indisposable covenant. This is why our eyes have to be set 
on the author and perfecter of our faith. Because what comes out of our mouth is either going to rise and bear fruit or not. Come on. Consider all the criticism, the shame, the blowback. Jesus was still salty. He still was salt of the earth. Despising that shame. He became the author and perfecter of our faith. We have to make up our minds. God, let my words have an utterance that bears fruit. Listen, water is good for you. We got to have water. Water is really good for us. But you can't drink it out of a fire hose. And that's what we've done when we just sit on a corner and shout, Repent, you sinner, get saved. Yeah, that's the truth. But we need to deliver that a little better. We need to get wiser. Are y'all with me? We need to figure this thing out. Because if not, we're just going to walk around frustrated in all the absurdity that's going on and not make any headway. We've got to figure out how do we stay salty in this absurdity environment. And the word's real plain. It's real clear. Truth will sting. But when it's delivered with love and grace, it'll heal and it'll preserve. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment. There's some moments you just ain't got to say nothing. That's what's hard for me. <laughs> okay, am I supposed to say something here or not? It may be that we're to wait for another moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Come on, that's powerful. So that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Look what it says. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. The absolute key to staying salty and not being offended is to remember that we are in constant need of forgiveness ourselves. When our eyes are on the one who forgives, we ain't looking around and worried about others' mess. And we can speak truth into their lives that can set them free just like Jesus did in our life. One of the greatest verses that ever stuck with me as a young man was, is if you want mercy, give mercy. <laughs> By your standard of measure, you will be measured. Let me tell you, I lowered my standards. Come on. Salt has three components. This is what you got to remember. Salt has, like truth, has three components. 
It stings. It heals. And it preserves. When you do a study on salt, it's amazing. Yes, it stings a little bit, and that's why it's got to be delivered with grace and love. But when it's delivered with grace and love, it begins to heal. And then it preserves. And that's the greatest component about salt. Because Jesus preserved. When we get saved, we are preserved through all this mess that's going on. That's the hope. That's the hope. If y'all would stand. You know, we uh, just got back from Utah and man, what an awesome time. And you know, we go there knowing exactly what we're in for. Because it's very religious. Utah's very, it's very spiritually dry. Oh, there's churches everywhere but it's very spiritually dry. And so you, you don't realize, even in praying, I prayed a prayer the very first night of this rodeo camp when it started. I said, Lord, I just pray for your warring angels to come and, and just uh, watch over us and protect us. You know? Well, one little Mormon girl She kind of reared up on that, you know. And the mother called and was like, are we praying to angels? What are, what are we doing, you know? No, you don't get aggravated. You don't get, you just go to the Word. God gives charge. We have ministering angels that minister to us. And we can ask in Jesus' name, Lord, we need help. That's their job. So you just kind of fix some of those things as you go through there. But I'm telling you, there was a lot of seed planted. It was good. It was good. And that's what you do. You just go there and you just minister truth. And you let that seed start working. You let God cultivate. He'll send laborers to water and, and He'll cause the growth. You're doing that on your jobs. You're doing that in schools. You're doing that in your household. Come on. And that's what you do. And next thing you know, there's a belief system that's taking root in your children. And then they don't have to walk around confused what's going on. They know what the truth is. And they see the absurdity that's going on. A five-year-old got it. Come on. A five-year-old got it. Come on, parenting of the year. <laughs> That's great. When he was talking about the salt, it, my 
heart jumped out of my chest. <laughs> um, a lot of times when we're doctoring horses at home against our vet's recommendations, we use uh, salt. We put it, um, uh, when a horse gets a wound, it can get out of control really fast. <laughs> and um, we'll take salt and we'll put it in that wound and it stings them and they'll try to kick your head off. But <laughs> it stays there and it starts to heal it. And I never understood how the salt stayed there through everything that they do. Cause a lot of times you can still ride a horse if it's got something and you put that salt in there and you notice after a week, it starts to preserve it and maintain its original, put it back to what it looked like. And you just watch it shrink down. And <laughs> it's kind of amazing what salt will do. And the Lord always tells me because I'm pretty salty myself. <laughs> and he, uh, he reminds me to be the good salt because That's our good. delivery is key. And if we're not the good salt, it can get out of control. <laughs> so uh, chew on the salt because it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is amazing what salt does. Have you ever been to the beach and you had a cut on you or something and salt water makes it look? Stay salty. Stay salty. Cause, here's the challenge. Cause people, salt will make you thirsty too. It's like when y'all leave here and you go to the Mexican restaurant and you eat all them chips, You get thir you're thirsty before you can get home. When we load bulls up to go somewhere, I always like to feed a couple of hours early because that salt will begin to work and it'll make them thirsty and you don't want to feed them and then load them up and let them get them a drink and then get on the train. Listen, if you stay salty, you're going to cause people to thirst for what you've got. So stay salty. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our day. Lord, we pray that our words, our lives, they'll bring healing. That our, our lives will be a component in someone else's life that yeah, it may sting a little, but it'll bring healing and it'll bring preservation in their life. When they feel like they're going under, Father God, I thank you that you will preserve them and give them a hope and a thirst and a hunger to get into your presence. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. We'll see you next Sunday.